to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. But that moment was for me was the craziest cuz she was in like this zone of and then she looked down and as soon as she saw Eva, she switched into like, oh, my darling, like into mum mode, you know, like straight from, there was no, like the pain had stopped. She'd just been cut. She just delivered a baby and she looked crying looking at our daughter. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. Finally, three and a half months later, I am recording my birth story. I wanted to do this in the first six weeks, but the universe and COVID had other plans. This is a three-part story. You're going to hear about my birth from my perspective from my husband Benji's and my doula Danae's point of view of what went down June 15th. I'm hearing this for the first time along with you all. I asked my beautiful friend Alison to interview me today as well as my husband and Danae. I'm so grateful for her. She has a beautiful mind and has asked such beautiful questions. I want to add that this is my birth story. It is not perfect. Like birth stories often aren't. And I want to acknowledge every other birth story that exists. They're all powerful, relevant, and perfect in their own way. And it really doesn't matter how our babies are born into this world. We're just grateful that they're born healthy, happy, and well. I also just wanted to mention that I missed out on a lockdown birth by about a week. And I'm so grateful for that. You'll hear that today, but I just want to acknowledge that that hasn't been easy for everybody. And I'm sending out my sincerest love to you all. If you didn't get the birth that you wanted or you deserved, I hope you enjoy it. This is going to go for over three weeks. I'd love to hear your thoughts, slide into our DMS. We'll then have a week break and then we're back to the deep regular programming. So today you're going to hear Benji's perspective of the birth, which I'm really interested (laughs) in hearing as well. Um, We actually haven't had time to reflect on it at all. So let's do it together. Enjoy. I want to start by asking 
tell us what it was like seeing the woman you love growing your little girl. I mean, anytime you see your wife pregnant, um, especially like for me growing up, all I ever wanted to to do was be a dad. Um, And there's a couple of reasons. Like growing up, my mum had me at 15 years of age and I didn't know my real dad. So there's always a part of me that wanted to become a dad and and fill a space that I reckon I never got to have um, and be all the things that I felt like I was missing um, growing up. So um, when we finally got pregnant with Fox, it was like for me was the greatest feeling in the world, you know, and um, and giving birth to Fox was the best day of my life. And then when we found out that we were pregnant with Eva and then we found out it was a girl, I don't, it, it was just different being a dad, knowing you're about to have a, a girl. Mm. Um, and for, for me, it was like dream come true. Honestly, uh, I thought I was hoping it was a girl, but then when I found out I was going to be a, a dad to a daughter, it was just so much more special. And to see um, the person you love sacrifice you know, nine months of their life um, to help you become a parent and fulfill your dream, like for me, was was pretty special. And my love sort of went to another level. Um, you know, the connection between us went to another level, even though she was vomiting for most of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, the sickness and stuff that comes along with pregnancy was so crazy. But, um, you know, for me, it was just, I don't know, I was just so proud of um the way she handled it. And I know when I met her, she wasn't that maternal or keen on having kids, but to see her grow into um, becoming a mum and then wanting a second baby was something I never thought was going to happen. So for me, it was pretty like special and you know something that I'll always be grateful for. I was surprised when she told me you guys were going for round two. I was like, whoa, like <laughs> I honestly thought she'd be, you know, very much one and done. And it's interesting you say that maternal thing because now I can't imagine her not being a mum, you know, and she's the very best mum. Yeah, it is it's it is crazy, honestly. Like we, um, we went to a friend's house one day for a barbecue and when we sort of got married, we talked about having kids and we said, oh, we're going to have a couple of kids. And she's like, yeah, for sure. And then we got to her friend's place and she's like, I don't know if I want to have kids anymore. And like mm-hmm. caught me like so off guard. You know, and, and in my head, I was like, well, okay, well, if you're, if, if you're not going to have kids, we, we might as well call this marriage off because I want to be a parent, you know, mm-hmm. and my whole point of being married and having a family was I want to be a parent with you, and that was sort of what we agreed to. And then in the car, she sort of said, oh, okay, well, we'll have one. And then I said, okay, we'll have one. And then after that, like, she had one, and I thought, for sure, we're done. And then... I don't know, something happened with her and Fox and how much she loved being a mum. And she agreed to have two. And I was just like, this is crazy. And then even with Eva now, she said, um, I think maybe I could have another one. You know, oh. And that, for me, that's, that's mind-blowing because if you, if you know Zoe, like that's the like, craziest thing that could ever happen in her head. But for her to say that was to me was like, oh, okay, well, let's go. I'm, like, I'm ready to roll. The more the merrier for me. I think, you know, having been through it recently myself, I don't think we can ever anticipate how wildly fulfilling it will be. We think our career is the thing that, you know, fulfills us and makes us feel whole and purposeful. And then you have the experience of, you know, and the privilege of having a child and you think, oh, no, this is it. This is it. It's all well, it's that's about. That's the key, I reckon. Is it, it is a privilege. And, and 
I think with Fox, like um, Zoe went back to work after like six weeks and mm. I reckon she regretted a little bit of that, um, not getting to spend a lot of time at um, the beginning or, or at home with Fox. And I think now this time around with Eva, having the like the time to actually just enjoy being a mum at home without having to worry about working. Although we have been through a two-week quarantine, um, hotel quarantine in Queensland <laughs> with two kids, but um, away from our home and our environment, just the way she's sort of gone about it and handled it has been, to me, is I'm just so proud of her and um, feel very lucky that um, to have her as the mum of our children. Mm. And before we get into talking about the birth, I had one more question for you, and I guess I just touched on it. How has having children sort of redefined the way you see your role in the world and your career, I guess, because you in your profession are sort of led by the game in a lot of ways. And I guess now you have Zoe and two other people, you know, in your life and relying on you. So how do you think about career now? For me, I didn't realize how selfish my life was until we had children. Um, I didn't realize how much you just do things for yourself and not really worry about what's happening with the rest of the world. And then as soon as you have children, your whole, your whole focus, like in my profession, like I always look for motivations. I always look for things that drive me or, or reasons why I'm doing stuff. And, and it was always like selfish reasons. And then as soon as you have children, that becomes, well, you want to provide a better world for your children. You want to make sure they have all the things they need to survive. Um, you know, and then for me, like I reckon, having kids help me become a better, better footy player because um, I stopped stressing about footy so much and just was so focused on being a parent that it actually helped me relax within my job and, and not be as stressed about it because I just couldn't wait to get home to see my kids. Like I just, and still, like I go to training every day, but I just can't wait to get home to see, you know, just the smile you get from, you know, we've got a 13, 14 week old baby who can't, express talk and that but as soon as you get home she sees me she just smiles and that <sighs> that's the, like for me that's the best feeling in the world like there's I've won grand finals world cups but there's no better feeling than seeing your your child miss you and smile and or even when I get home Fox says dad I love you I'm so proud of you like he's three mm. you know and, and he understands like all these things but you know they've really they've turned my world into something so much better and made my life so much worth or worth so much more. And um, mm. I'm just so appreciative and feel privileged, like you said, to be a parent because it is the best, well, it's not a job, but it's the best thing in the world to be as a parent. Maybe a bit teary there. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, don't worry. I, 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 and that's the other thing, like talking about that is you be, you become so emotional about so many things that you were never before. Like the, the stuff I like cry about now is crazy. Like I see things on TV where parents talk about how proud they are of their children for doing something. And then it relates straight to me, like how proud I get. Then I honestly, I start tearing up over the the craziest things now just from being a parent, you know? So I feel privileged and lucky, like obviously having two healthy children is um, a blessing. And, um, you know, in, in my profession, I get to see a lot of people who don't have the same luxury that we have with, with healthy children. So I'll never take that for granted. Mm. So let's talk about the birth, and I think this is going to be uh-huh. interesting. <laughs> what is that saying, like the um, reality we believe is the reality we experience? Like the way you experience the birth is obviously very different to the way Zoe did. 
what you saw yeah. and heard and, and witnessed. So before we get into it, I wondered what type of preparation you did before Eva's birth. Like how do you get ready to be the man that Zoe and Eva, I guess, needed you to be in the room? Well, I was really lucky. Um, the first time around with Fox, we did a she-birth course um, before giving birth to Fox. And I honestly believe if I didn't do that course, I would have been so helpless within the room. I would have felt like I had no sort of place in there because um, we did have a doula through both births. And the first time after she births, I learned how to um, – or ways that I could really help Zoe either relieve – bit of pain with hip squeezes in her back or just hold the space for her or know when to um, be on for her. And, um, you know, I think this time around with Eva, I, I psyched myself up like it was going to be a game because when Fox was born, like it's going to sound so ridiculous, but I was so tired after the birth. I didn't even get birth and I still feel a bit shameful saying it out loud, but I was so tired from um, just holding the space and, I know, I know. Lucky even saying it to you now makes me feel stupid saying it. No, I'm glad you did because that's the that's, that's the honesty of it. Well, uh, seriously, I was so tired, and then when I put Fox on my chest and and let Zoe have a rest, I fell asleep with him on my chest, and <laughs> like I was rattled. You know, like I play professional sport for a living, I'm supposed to be fit, but this was just a complete different tired. So this time around, I made sure I was really um, prepped and ready to go as long as we needed to go. Um, just be present for Zoe, whatever she needed, like be a voice for her when I knew she couldn't speak. Or So I, we had a birth plan. I knew what she wanted to do. I knew the space I needed to hold for her. But as you know, a childbirth, like things just get so flipped upside down. Like it, ne- it never goes to the way you plan it. And it was mm. so completely different to the first time around with Fox. Like we got into the room and um, Zoe just like, had this plan and then she just said to me, look, I, I don't know about the plan. I think maybe I just want to have an epidural straight away. I don't want any pain. I just want it to be pleasurable and let's just get in there and I'll just enjoy it. You know, I don't want to go through the hurt and the pain. And I was like, like, honestly, Zoe, like no one's going to judge you. I got your back. We'll run with that. That's all good. So they brought their anesthetist in and did this full meeting about how it was going to go down. Um, because the first time round, uh, we're, 40 plus 10, which we had to get induced. Mm. Um, and they made sure that, well, they gave her the syntocin, the gel first, sorry, um, to try and bring on natural contractions, and that didn't work. And then she had to have the drip, the syntocin, which was quite a crazy, um, crazy sort of labor for her. It made like the contractions go a bit quicker. Mm. Um, and, and it was quite hectic, you know. So, and she didn't want to go through that. I think she went through like 15 hours the first time of just trying to tough it out. And then after 15 hours, she was only like one centimeter dilate, dilated. So it was like, That's she didn't want to go through that again. Yeah, it was, it was, it was brutal, you know? And this time around, she's like, I just don't want to go through that. So we met with the nieces and um, the, it was all going to plan. And then I think in her head, she thought it was going to be the same as last time because she was getting induced. But this time around, after they, they put the gel in, um, they came back and checked and they're like, Oh, you know, this, uh, you've started um, having contractions already. No, you you we've started having contractions on your own without having to put the drip in. I don't think we're going to need the drip. Let's just go with it. And she's like, yeah, okay, well, good. And she comes in and she said, oh, I actually like the feeling of these contractions. Like, I might just run with it for a bit. So straight away, the plan of getting an epidural straight away was, like, out the window. But in the back of my mind, I was, I was telling the midwife, just 
keep them on call just in case she changes her mind. Um, but like one hour, two hours in, she's like really enjoying like the, the, this part of the birth, like the, the process of the contractions. Um, and I was just running, I was just there with her, like letting her enjoy it, you know, and I could see she was having a really good time with it. Which sounds crazy because you don't hear that about birth, do you? And for you to be nah. able to say like you could see that there was pleasure in the contractions, like I think these are the stories we need to hear. I think it was just so much different from the first time where she was quite scared and rattled because it wasn't how she planned it out to be. And mm. this time it felt, I reckon, a, a bit easier for her compared to the last time. So she was actually okay with it because she'd already been through that um, crazy birth the first time. So, like, I just let her run with it, and I was just supporting her with whatever she needed. I was doing hip squeezes, um, you know, I was doing all, getting her water, um, setting up spaces for her to change positions. I had the TENS machine on her going. Um, you know, I was there hugging her, being really present. I was get, I had the camera out rolling, getting, like, candid stuff so we could put together a birth video later. Um, you know, and it was all going really well. Um, and, and, you know, I, I actually felt like I was helpful. You know, I, I felt like I was doing something, you know, sometimes I reckon you can get, well, the first time I did in positions where you're like, I can't help it, mm. you know, and as a, as a man and as a husband, that's like the worst feeling you can have is, is helpless. And that's what I felt with Fox through a lot of it. Whereas this time I felt like I was prepared a lot more and I felt I could help more. And um, I actually really enjoyed this experience a lot more than the first time because I was able to, well, I felt like I was able to be more present for her and, and give her like a lot of the things she needed this time, like even helping her set up a shrine so her mum could be a part of it. Um, mm. Yeah, all these little things that I knew meant a lot to her that I didn't really understand the first time. So I think, um, yeah, uh, being able to help was fulfilling for me because like, it was so hard the first time not being able to. Mm. What do you put that down to? Like, of course, you've got the experience of another birth behind you but do you think that you've personally grown in the time between fox and ever's birth so like you talking about you know things that you know maybe it's a bit taboo to say but for a lot of guys like talking about a shrine everyone roll their eyes type thing but you have a real understanding of the essence of that stuff and that you take her spirituality seriously well, I'm, I know my wife, that's the thing. Like, she's very different. She's very, very different. Let me just tell you, we're the complete opposites. The shrine and the spiritual stuff is so far from my world. Let me tell you, it is, you know, it is crazy. Like, I honestly think, like, some of the stuff that comes out of her mouth about the things she likes, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. Honestly, I don't. It's not me at all. Like, she loves psychics. She loves all these things, and it's just not my world. But one thing I do understand is Zoe's love language and, um, and the things that keep her, um, well, not, well, or less stressed and the things that keep her, um, in a good frame of mind. And I know what tips her over the edge. So, you know, well, I think the biggest thing for me is, um, understanding her and the things she needed throughout this birth and having those things up my sleeve, um, knowing her inside out mm. probably helped me be able to calm her in situations where, um, I probably wouldn't have been able to earlier in our relationship. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I wondered if you could describe to us what does it feel like watching this person you love and like you've just described how well you know her what does it feel like watching her surrender to birth because it's so primal it's so raw and messy and loud and yeah what was it like watching this person who you know she's so put together yeah well put it this way she wasn't so put together going through it and I don't even know if she was even inside her own body through parts mm. of it let me tell you but I've never been so proud and I've, I've said this to her um, in the room of the way she like got through it seriously like I know people say it but in that moment after she's given birth and seen her go through all that stuff like your love for for your wife or my love for Zoe went to another level like I can't even explain it I don't know I was looking at her and yeah, it sounds crazy, but in that moment I was thinking, like, let's just make another baby now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I was feeling. Like, it was, she was like, well, I won't say turning me on, but I don't know. She just had, she had me in a zone where I was just like, I'm all for this, you know, that's, and, and you got to remember, she's making my, like, dreams come true as well at the same time, becoming a parent. So going through all this and seeing all the things, yeah, you know, and that's probably a lot of things that guys don't talk about is the sacrifice that women have to go through to, you know, carrying the baby, um, going through the birth process. You know, mm. it, that, like it's a sacrifice. You sacrifice your body for that long, and then you go through a phase where your body changes so much. Your hips open up, your pelvis moves, like you split your vagina. You know what I mean? Like it's it is crazy, and that's not even the start of the pain. Because as soon as you get home and you've got to become a mum, you don't get to sleep. Like it's, you know, you don't get to live your life normal for a long time. You know, and that's, I suppose for me, that's the the biggest thing for me is I'm just so proud that she's sacrificed so much for, you know, for us to become parents. Mm -hmm. I'm really um, appreciative that you brought up the, I guess, the... um the element of sensuality and sex in birth, because that's another thing that we kind of hear as this kind of mystic thing that can happen, but how incredible that kind of in that the realest, rawest moment, um, it is that kind of sensuality and love for each other that comes through. Like, so I just really value that you as, you know, as a man and as kind of masculine man that you, that you brought that up. I think that's really valuable for people listening well, to be honest with you, I probably like wouldn't really talk that much about it, but I know my wife and I know what she's about and um and she's in, she's always encouraged this side of me to come out and it doesn't often come out but I like through the birth of my children and through her doing that, it makes me want to talk about this stuff for her. Well, because of what she's done for me, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. Um, yeah, I'm all about men speaking about things that men don't speak about. Well, we need you, and I'm very honored to hold it for you. Um, how 
then did you trust her, I guess, in the moment that she knew her limits and that she would be safe and that Eva would be safe? Like I know during our birth that was one of Tony's biggest fears is that we wouldn't be okay. Yeah, I mean, that's always in the back of your mind. But, um, you know, we're really lucky. We had an unbelievable doula, Danae, with us this time who, in my opinion, was the best thing that we could have done for this birth because, yeah, there were were touchy moments throughout it where um, the baby was sort of stuck in positions when she was moving. And, like, there was one moment where Danae goes, oh, I think her – She's got an affliction. I don't even know what that is. I think the chin was maybe stuck in a certain position and it couldn't move. So she said to Zoe, look, I'm going to do these 10, um, 10 things where I'm going to pull down the baby, like physically, with her hands. It's going to be so painful for probably 30 seconds at a time. I just need you to go with me. But the thing is, if we start it, we have to do the whole 10. Oh, and Zoe's like, yeah, let, let's get through it. All right? And this, this 10 went for a good... 40 minutes where she was literally pulling the babies like with her hands deep inside Zoe's like stomach, moving the baby with her hands and doing the stretch thing. Um, it's, it's hard to explain, but mm. it was, that was I reckon the most painful part besides the actual birth of it was these 10 stretch things she had to do. Um, but crazy enough, like, cause at that moment before those 10 stretches, the baby had stopped making progress and it was like everything had paused. And then as soon as she finished the 10, I'm not joking, within like five minutes of finishing them, we were back on. Like everything was moving again and the, the contractions became longer and more regular. And, um, you know, it was just like with Danae, she knew at every step, if there was a hurdle, she knew how to get past the hurdle. Amazing. You know, where I reckon if, if we didn't have that, maybe it might have been different. I don't know. But she was just so amazing as a doula. And I like, yeah, I I didn't know what a doula was before birth. I had no idea. The word doula was like, like I thought maybe gypsy. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, you know, and then now if I was recommending to anyone who was giving birth is to get yourself a doula because, you know, they don't just take care of um, or deliver a baby. You know, they know what the the wife needs at certain times. They know how to, you know, if I'm there, uh, you know, I was holding the space with Zoe, but for a lot of it, I was there just hugging her and holding her and making her feel, you know, loved in my arms. So then they would take over the things that I was doing to try and um, help with the birth. And she was, she was just amazing, honestly. And I couldn't recommend a doula more. Mm, I'm excited to talk to her. I'm going to interview her as well. Yeah, she, she was, and her, her spirituality match Zoe's and her and the midwife were on the same page with um, how to help out Zoe. So it was like a full team effort, you know, such and, a supported birth. Well, it was, it was so supported and um, you know, and I was so just so happy to be a part of it. Mm. Well, let's talk about the, the moment. Cause <laughs> I remember when I saw the picture and she was on hands and knees uh-huh. And I text her and I was like, oh, my God, hands and knees, gas only, no epi. <laughs> like, so, oh, yeah, you know, it was so far from what she'd planned. It was exactly. the complete opposite. But, like, where were you in that moment? Yeah, well, I was in front of her um, with my sort of face to her face, like looking at her and like trying to look her in the eyes. But I don't know if she saw me because, like, she was on all fours. She was making all these, like, loud, like, I don't even know, gorilla, wild, like, 
lioness noises. Mm. You know, she had her eyes closed, she was swaying her hips, she was on fours, and she was just like deep in it. I didn't even know if she knew I was there. Um, but it was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You know, she was on all fours and um she's looking at me and there was a there was a little part of it where I've never seen as much fear in her eyes. Like I I think she looked at me and there was a part where I think maybe she thought she was gonna die. Mm. I know it sounds ruthless, but the, I've never seen that look in her eyes and it was a look of fear and I could see she was scared. And um I just looked in the eyes and said, Look, I love you. We're gonna get through this. Um just keep breathing, like all the things that are being taught to sort of say about, you know, I, I was trying to set the tone of the breathing for us. I was doing like, <sighs> and like making them like the noises, you know, they talk about a coffee plunger when you're going through it, you know, like open it and then push like down like a plunger, like <sighs> with your tummy. So I was trying to make the noises to, to get her to look like, stop thinking about what was going through and focus on the breathing we we're going to do together. And, um, and, and, and it did, like she did a bit. And then like Danae took over. And then next thing you know, like within five seconds of all this, the obstetrician walks in and he's at the door popping his head in like every two seconds going to me, she's going great. And so he's like, where's the obstetrician? Where's Chris? Where is he? And he, he was there the whole time, like, but he just didn't want to get involved. He just waited till the moment. And I'm not joking. He was in there. And within 90 seconds of him being in there, He's like, I just need to give me one more push. And she did. And he's, they're so sneaky, like obstetrician. Yeah. He's going to me, like he's, he pulls out the scalpel and I could see him and he's going, shh. And uh, the first time around, I saw him do it as well. And he just like, I watched it. He just gave this little, like little nick thing where he cut something. I don't know what he cut. And then like Eva came out between Zoe's legs and he just slid her on this mat from the back like a little bowling ball, really, up a bowling alley. It was that slippery. Just slid yeah. her to the front so Zoe could see her. And Zoe was looking at me. She looked down, and she didn't even know. Oh. She looked down. I think she thought she maybe did a shit or something. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then, she, and then like, the, that moment was, for me, was the craziest because she was in, like, this zone of, Ah, and then she looked down and as soon as she saw Eva, she switched into like, oh, my darling, like into mum mode, you know, like straight from, there was no, like the pain had stopped. She'd just been cut. She just delivered a baby and she looked crying, looking at our daughter. And I'm there like boiling my eyes out, <laughs> crying like, you know, like, don't know, like it was crazy. I, I lost my shit. And I'm looking at her and she's losing her shit and she's just like, you know, the, the vernix that's all over babies, like the, the, mm. um, the, the moisturizing. Yeah, the, yeah. It was so thick all over ever. Like it, honestly, you couldn't really see her face and it was all over her eyes and stuff. And you'd think people would be like, Oh, that's, that's like yuck. But Zoe's like grabbing her and just kissing her face and holding her and like hugging her. And it's just like no care for anything. Just the mum. Mm the mum instincts took over, you know, and, and anyone who knows her, like, no, she's not, not, she thinks she's not very maternal, but if you had have seen this moment, there, there's no doubt in my mind that she is the most maternal person ever because she was just straight into mum mode. And like, it was that, that moment, I'll never forget where she went from crazy, like lion into like, yeah, into like the softest, sweetest, like mum voice you've ever seen. And, 
it was so emotional like it was it was so great but before i forget like i watched that hit um the obstetrician like give a little cut both times and then the craziest part's not even that the craziest part is watching the placenta get birthed yeah i didn't even know that was the thing i didn't even know that came out seriously but that was the like watching that and the obstetrician just like casually like talking oh yeah hi so yeah yeah right over and he's just stitching things up like you know what i mean like nothing's even happening and, and i'm just looking like it's like it's funny because when you're like a, a a man, you'd think you're looking at like a vagina and like, oh my God. But when you're looking at it, it's not even a vagina anymore. Like it's just, mm. you know, it's not like, it's like nudity or whatever. You're just looking at nothing. I don't know. It's, you know, you don't even see like people are like, how do you even look, how do you even look at that? But you don't even, like you don't see that. But I was watching like him stitch and like, oh yeah, and nothing's doing, but it was so crazy. The placenta being birthed, you know, and, and, she was more stressed out at the, with ever with um, what was happening with after with the placenta more than um, than giving birth to ever because the first time after she had an epidural, she didn't feel that part. So yeah. this time she could feel everything post oh God. <laughs> um, giving birth to ever. So I think that was like real shock for her um, and watching it come out. You know, I, I thought it was her stomach. It was that the placenta is that big. And then they put it out on this like tray afterwards. It's huge. Like yeah. I thought it was a stomach and intestines, how big it was when it came out. It was crazy. Isn't this like the most glorious thing that we grow oh, yeah. an entire organ oh, yeah. that nourishes the baby and then gets dispelled after the fact when it's done its job? Like this is our power. <laughs> it is. It is so powerful. And you know what spins me out the most is you go through all that pain and then there must be something in your body that tricks your brain into saying, let's go and have another child. <laughs> you know what? That was so painful and so terrible. I'm going to forget it and I'm going to go through I'm it all again. again. I'm going to sacrifice nine months of my life and I'm going to be sick for six months of it. I'm going to get gestational diabetes. We have to take my blood sugars every night. Like, you know, but, you forget all that. Everything mm-hmm. goes out the window because you're just so in love with your baby and you just, I don't know, it's just a sense of um, belonging and a sense of, well, for me, it's, I feel like it's the reason I'm here on earth is to become a parent. Mm. That's so beautiful, Benji. Mm. i got a couple more questions and I'm going to let you go. Tell us whatever means to you. Ah, oh, shucks. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. I think I'm already crying. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just, um, like, I look at her now and I just, I can't even believe, like, I'm, I'm her dad. You know, it's just, it's just like, a, I don't know, the best, the best feeling in the world. She's, um, I don't know, I think I treat her a little bit differently to Fox. Um, I'm a bit softer with her. I'm a little bit. Um, I don't know. I look at photos of her and get teary. I look at her videos of her smiling and laughing with me, and I don't know. It's just it's just my everything. Yeah, I love I love both my kids, but being a um, dad to a girl is just something else. I have to stop, otherwise we're just gonna start crying. <laughs> 
Okay. I appreciate you. One more question. What do you hope to teach her? Uh, well, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big question. I mean, um, I, I really want my kids to be respectful and, um, you know, be honest. Um, yeah, I feel really lucky that I got Zoe as a partner because she she is non-judgmental. You know, she wants um, she wants our kids to be able to experience everything. She, you know, she gives them options, freedom of choice. Um, you know, and, and she is so open to the world. Where I'm a little bit closed with a lot of things, so I feel like I'm lucky that we have her to teach our kids that part that I don't really have in me. Like my world is revolves around sport and footy and Zoe's world doesn't like she is the furthest thing from rugby league that you could think you know and I'm really glad our our kids get that side because um, you know they have a lot of choice and a lot of a lot of options to be whatever they want to be when they grow up but as long as for me as long as my kids are respectful um, and they're good people that's enough for me Mm, that's beautiful yeah I um you already know this but like when you say the sports the furthest thing from her world like we never talk <laughs> about you and we never talk about football. like it's just because she doesn't know that's why <laughs> um i want to thank you so sincerely for opening up and i just think you are such a beautiful strong man and i want to thank you for looking after zoe and ever and fox and uh, let's be honest she, she looks after me i'm one of the kids too <laughs> <laughs> uh, all good Thank you, Benji. All right. No worries. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 